Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. We'll also hear from Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at LoopInsight.com and Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have with us someone I call the nearly famous or possibly almost famous or truly famous Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. Now, the reason I say almost famous or possibly famous is because Fortune Magazine Online quoted an article from you. Yeah, well, they've, <laughs> they've quoted articles from me before. <laughs> but this was interesting here because there's a story we hear around the world. The shot heard around the world that Samsung's mobile handset profits have finally exceeded those of Apple. Except that's just not true. Well, it's kind of part of a problem in in news and in journalism is that it's a lot easier to just get a, a press release and create a sensationalist headline for it than it is to do you know a lot of research and find out what the actual facts are. And unfortunately, that's kind of created a, a culture where a lot of tech companies send out information, and particularly they employ other companies. You watch the whole era of Microsoft, where they had a series of different marketing companies that they worked with closely to release information that presented exactly what they wanted people to think. And that was really entrenched on the PC market, and now it's starting to happen in in mobile devices. So we see so much news about how all these Android tablets are selling when there aren't any Android tablets out there. I mean, there are some that are selling, but when you look at web stats, there's no tablets running Android that are showing up on everybody's web blogs. So where are these tablets at? That's one of the things Tim Cook said in the you know his in his most recent call. It's like you know, he'll keep talking about how we're going to get run out of business and tablets, but where are these tablets? They're not showing up anywhere. That's so and, curious here. You think they take them out of the box. What do they do with them? Now, I understand with a Kindle, because it's accessing Amazon's storefront, and that's probably most of what people do with it. Yeah, and the Kindle isn't really... I mean, it does have a web browser, but it's not the best web browser. But if you look at these Android tablets, which, I mean, I don't think anyone's saying that the Kindle Fire is you know, selling huge amounts of quantities. There's a lot of people who love Kindles for reading books, but that's kind of, you know, a different situation. And in, in the vo- in, even the, even there, the volume of devices being sold is not comparable to the iPad. So the, the numbers that are trying to say that basically Apple is now a minority player in tablets, it's just not supported by facts. And there's nothing wrong if that was the case. You know, if Samsung was making more money than, than Apple... That's not too hard to fathom that that could possibly happen. Samsung sells tremendous amounts of phones, and they have huge business. But, I mean, the simple fact is that they're not making money. We can go to their statements and look at it. That's public information. The only way you can create a headline that says Samsung has passed Apple in profitability is to make a series of really kind of stupid generalizations or you know, jump, to, jump to conclusions that are just not supported by anything. And what Strategy Analytics did was they took basically all of Samsung's, what Samsung calls its mobile division, but it, it really means everything. It, basically, everything Samsung does that's similar to Apple, 
so PCs and netbooks and tablets and smartphones and all those kind of devices are part of this group. And so essentially they they were comparing the profits that Samsung makes from everything it does and then going to Apple and saying, well, how much does Apple make from the iPhone? Apple doesn't say how much it earns from just the iPhone itself. So they said, oh, well, Apple earns half of its revenues from the iPhone, so let's just cut Apple's revenue in half and compare that to everything Samsung does. So basically it's like if you take Samsung's PCs, tablets, and mobile phones, it'd be like Apple selling Wait, Macs, iPads, and iPhones, which would be then comparing it to most of Apple's profits. Yeah, and if you compare, I mean, if you actually just compare, if you, if you stop, it's, it's kind of difficult to compare exactly two different companies' profits because they report things differently, they, they um, account for various expenses differently, there's all kinds of little accounting tricks that companies do to match earnings per share or whatever. But if you just step back and look at what they're actually making overall on kind of a long-term basis, then you see, yes, it's not even a question. If you try to make some specific comparison between two things, it starts to become really dodgy because Apple may be making half of its revenue from the iPhone, but we know that Apple's making more money on the iPhone than they're making on other things that make you know, generate revenue. And in fact, Apple's made it very clear that a lot of the products that they've started selling in 2013 were designed to sell cheaper. For example, the iPad um, mini has a lower profit margin. It costs less. They're clearly making less money on that than the iPhone. So just to, you know, arbitrarily cut Apple's profits in half to, and, you know, this was like one little factoid that Strategy Analytics put out in a press release because they knew it would you know, generate headlines, and sure enough, it generated lots of headlines. But that wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like, this is news that has to come out. It was like, here's a fancy headline to get people's attention, and then we'll direct them to our report where we talk about how terrible Apple is doing in every regard. That's basically, I mean, there was very little meat in their report. So it was very sensational, sort of, the worst kind of PR that happens. And what's bad about it is that the conclusion it draws is absolutely wrong. Yeah, I mean... Apple is still making more profits from iPhones than Samsung, and this particular report doesn't demonstrate otherwise. That's it. What's worse is the original report was carried, but nobody bothered considering the corrections. There were a couple people that did report it correctly, and you know they went back to, to edit it. The thing is, even before... Even before the Strategy Analytics report, there were other sites that had gotten some of the numbers wrong. They were comparing things, like one of the first ones was Business Insider put up a report saying Samsung had earned so many more billions of dollars, billion and a half more. And it's like, well, no, what you're comparing is Samsung's... It's easy, it's easy to get it wrong. You know, it's yeah, easy to, basically to what he's talking about here is... Samsung's profits before they pay taxes compared to Apple's profits after they pay taxes. And it still comes out with a wrong conclusion, but you've already skewed the numbers. Yeah, and there's, there's such a push to create some sensational headline that it's online reporting is really tilted towards just creating kind of something that will get links. So you have to create a headline that people, you know, arrest people, people's attention and there's not a lot of critical, like, looking at things and saying, well, that's not really true. And then after the fact, even if you point out something is wrong, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get corrected. 
For example, um, just before Apple reported its last earnings, one of the carriers, I I can't remember if it was Verizon or AT&T, they referred to how many Android phones they'd sold. I think they said they sold a record number of Android phones. And they made no mention of the iPhone. And so major websites jumped to the conclusion that, uh, that that carrier was now selling more Android phones than iPhones. There, there was no, nobody said that, but they just kind of jumped to that conclusion. And after Apple's earnings, and it, it could have been that Apple asked them not to say how many iPhones it sold as a surprise. I don't know. I don't know anything if that's actually the case. But for whatever reason, the carrier didn't say. And after Apple released earnings, it was very clear that, no, that that wasn't the case. But the story wasn't corrected. And actually, um, I saw one of the readers on Twitter had mentioned, you know, that that was specifically, they contacted this author to change it. I think it was CNET. And um, they just don't update it. So there's a lot of wrong information that gets published and not corrected. And so if you're looking for things, if you're doing Google searches, you pull up all this false information. So there's a lot of things that appear to be, you know, this is a reputable website that has a story on it, but it's not actually true. How do you get the truth about Apple? How do you separate the wheat from the chaff and all that stuff? We have Daniel Arundelgro of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. 
big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you, has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day, unique affordable survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same-day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927, 866-229-0927, or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com Join us in Joshua Tree, California, August 9th through 11th for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference. A weekend of in-depth exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, UFO sightings, and new evidence of ongoing contact. The conference will feature films, panels, lectures, workshops, and fieldwork with leading experts including Stephen Greer, Giorgio Sukalas, Graham Hancock, Jim Mars, Michael Tellinger, Laura Eisenhower, Jason Martell, David Wilcock, Doc Wallach, David Serrata, and many, many more of the biggest names in ufology. The conference will coincide with the Perseid Meteor Shower, and the Joshua Tree Retreat Center offers the perfect place for sightings through the clear desert sky. Enter to win a free ticket at contactinthedesert.com. We look forward to seeing you in Joshua Tree in August for a serious look at mounting evidence that we are not alone. For more information, go to contactinthedesert.com or call 760-365-8371. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, we have the famous Daniel Aaron Dilger joining us. He gets more famous every second. Soon he won't be able to talk to himself without asking for his autograph. <laughs> I'm kidding. He wrote this really great piece for Apple Insider where he dissects a very misleading story claiming that Apple's handset profits are second to Samsung and turned out to be precisely the reverse. But, of course, Samsung isn't above helping this along. You wonder if the original story wasn't helped along by Samsung. And the reason I said that is because of another story you came out with this week entitled Galaxy S4 on steroids, Samsung caught doping in benchmarks. And to preface this, if you do a benchmark of a Samsung Galaxy S4 with one of those benchmark utilities, it's twice as fast as the S3. But if you actually use it, it's not really that much different. So what's going on here? What's the story? Well, in part, I mean, that, that's generally the case. So there's a lot of every year chips come out, they're twice as fast in testing. And even on the iPhone, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are subjectively, they don't, don't necessarily feel tremendously faster all the time because Apple does a lot of tricks to make things feel faster than it actually is. So when the hardware gets tremendously faster, unless it's doing some in, intense processing effort, 
you don't notice it. One of the things that that's really obvious that the iPhone's getting faster is HDR. Remember with the iPhone four, you take an HDR and it was like it would take a while of, to process it. With the iPhone five, you know, two generations later, it's almost instantaneous. So there's a lot of cases where benchmarks kind of exaggerate, or the, they're actually showing how fast the hardware is, but your experience isn't necessarily a one-to-one relationship. So comparing, you know, benchmarking two different devices might not give you great information of how fast one will actually feel compared to the other. But in this particular case, what we found was there was, there was a hacker that reported the case, and then it was investigated by an Antec. They do a lot of really under-the-scenes work on looking at how things, how fast things actually are in, in their product reviews. They do really detailed looks at things. So they looked at, it's the Galaxy S4. The benchmarks, when, it, when it's running a benchmark, it reports that it's running faster. And when you're just playing a game or something else, it's running slower. And they point out there's not an advertised rate of how fast it's supposed to run, so it's not really scandalous that it's running the bench, the games at a certain rate. But what they found was when you're running a benchmark, it actually artificially jumps into a fast mode, which is completely worthless to the user because who needs to run benchmarks? It's like you want it to be fast when you're running games. So cheating to run a benchmark serves no purpose other than to make a product look better than it actually is, which is false advertising. So basically they're screwing around at the back end to create bogus benchmarks that do not represent the real world. Yeah, and that's that's not something that's new. That's always happened in the PC world. There's always been kind of optimizing for benchmarks. But what they point out is that that's actually a bad thing. If If engineering in the field of smartphone chips and designs and stuff is all oriented around just winning benchmarks, then that's just wasted effort. So you're just cheating to win a test and then you're not actually able to do anything. It's just, you know, it's like cheating in school. If you cheat to to win a test so that it looks like you have A's, well, that's great and it makes you, you know, looks like you're doing well in school, but it doesn't actually prepare you for anything. Let me just give you a little personal experience here. I have used both the Galaxy S3 and the Galaxy S4. And as we've pointed out earlier, the S4 gives you benchmarks twice as fast. But as I said, in every way that I could subjectively measure the user experience, launching apps, using apps, everything else, there's not a whole lot of difference. Well, one of the problems is that on Android, there's, I mean, historically, there's always been a problem of lag. And a lot of Apple's work is in making the device feel fast. I mean, the whole point of iOS, even on the iPad, is you're doing things in a way that when you're working on an iPad, it feels like you're working on a desktop computer. It's responsive. And it's not. It's, it's much slower than a, than a full-scale desktop. And that's why Apple can sell it for $500 instead of you know a, a high-end desktop-type device is going to be twice that much. So they put a lot of work into making it feel fast, which is very useful because if you're using a device, you want it to be responsive and you want it to, to do the tasks you give it rapidly. And you also want to do it at a, a low cost. And so that's what Apple aimed at doing. So it's engineered to work in a certain way. And Android misses a lot of that type of optimization. I mean, they're, they're trying to catch up in a lot of areas. And the story over the last year with, for example, um, Google's Nexus 7 was that it was missing kind of core technology that resulted in it just slowing down to the point of not working very well because of it, it wasn't optimized in how it uses memory and storage. And 
so instead of, I mean, Android in general is just sort of kind of a hobbyist operating system that a lot of hackers like to use, but it's it doesn't result in a great product. And so even when you're throwing faster and faster hardware at it, it doesn't necessarily benefit, which was kind of similar to what we saw with Windows in the 90s, is we had faster and faster and faster hardware, but Windows wasn't getting tremendously faster in the same sort of rate. It was just kind of taking advantage of the fact that it had more um, processing power to waste. So it's a lot of engineering. But specific to the Galaxy S4 is... And, um, Samsung very purposefully created a system so that when it recognized that it was running a benchmark, it would jump into a fast power mode that that is not available to other applications. That's just pure fake. Let me ask you a question here. This special fast mode, this is nothing that can be activated for regular Android apps? Well, what they looked at was, was both sides of the system on a chip the the gpu the graphics side and the the cpu and on both sides there's when you're running a intensive application it bumps in you know it realizes that it's working harder and it bumps into a faster mode but on the gpu side it jumps into a mode that it never jumps into when you're playing a game and when they started looking at why it did that in the code there's actually code that calls itself the benchmark booster and it specifically lists specific benchmark packages that when it realizes those are running and then it jumps into the full-speed mode, which I don't even understand why they would do that. I mean, I get why you'd want it to run fastest in benchmarks, but why would you purposely kind of design it to not work as fast when you're running regular apps? So it's kind of a, a crazy thing, and they didn't really hide their tracks very well. And there's also evidence that suggests that they don't just do it for their own processor. They they do it when they're running a Snapdragon, and it, it's probably the case that they're running it on across their phones. So it just shows, I mean, that Samsung is really targeting its efforts to create a false sense of accomplishment, which is sort of bizarre. And you think a company with the resources of Samsung, why they'd need to do that, or maybe the operating system's limitations prevent them from doing any better. Daniel Aaron Dilger joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are... The GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. 
That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. There's a false sense of security that the greatest economic crash since the Great Depression is over. But unemployment is still at a 20-year high, and until Americans are working again, the economy has not recovered. What is the smartest investment you can make? It's food. Having a supply of eFoods Direct 25-year shelf-life food is your best investment for the troubled times today and the future. For 32 years, the folks at eFoods Direct have helped thousands take the trouble out of troubled times. So to celebrate our 32-year anniversary, get the best insurance possible with a special one-time offer, a two-month food supply for only $320 and free shipping. That's 352 servings of our newest and most popular award-winning recipes at less than a dollar per serving. The 25-year shelf life allows you to lock your food cost against inflation. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. The two-month supply is only available for a limited time. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Ceramic Body Armor is rated to stop six hits. But what about the seventh? Unlike ceramic or Kevlar, Infidel Body Armor is proven to take hit after hit, and it just won't quit. Reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper, Infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high-powered rifles. That means safety and peace of mind. Buy yours at InfidelBodyArmor.com. Spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Infidel Body Armor just won't quit. There may be a hidden danger lurking in our homes. And without the right equipment, you'll never know it's there. Maser instruments detect all forms of nuclear radiation, including alpha, beta, gamma, and x-rays. And are always on, just like your smoke alarm. Detecting, measuring, and monitoring nuclear radiation. Made in America. Laboratory gray and EMP resistant. If you can't reliably measure nuclear radiation, you're not fully prepared. But now you can be at maserinstruments.com. Spelled M-A-Z-U-R instruments.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So the question arises here, why is Samsung cheating when it comes to benchmarks? Why can't they produce real performance out of their product and the answer may be that that's the best you can do with android it's not as if samsung is you know struggling to stand out amongst you know the android competition there's really nothing comparable to samsung within the android ecosystem all the other companies are sort of struggling to make money 
mean, a lot of the major companies are struggling to make money. There's a lot of companies in China that are putting out sort of low-end phones that aren't trying to, you know, take the crown of performance. So, yeah, it is really puzzling why Samsung would be, you know, going the steroid route. <laughs> it's like if you were if you were like the the gold medal champion of the Android Olympics, and there wasn't anybody else in the competition, why would you be doing drugs? Why would you just be saying, and it's like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the only one here with any athletic ability. Here's what I can do. So, yeah, it is really puzzling. It's not like, it, it's not like Samsung doesn't have the resources to, to develop products. I mean, they have very little actual competition. So, yeah, it is really puzzling. The only, the only thing that, that makes sense to me is Samsung faces competition from Apple. Apple de- designs their own chips. And they have uh, their own proprietary design for the, you know, the, the last generation of A series chips, the A6. They introduced this Swift architecture, which is the the core design of the CPU. And they also use technology for graphics that they license from Imagination. Well, in this last generation of chips, Samsung also used Imagination chips, which is new for them. They were using ARM Mali graphics processors, um, but they're still using stock. ARM processors. They're using this new generation of the Cortex-15 processor. Samsung is, is working to develop their own technology. They, are not, they don't make their own custom ARM chips, whereas Apple and um, Qualcomm, I believe, are, are the ones that do. They have a license to take ARM's technology and change it to make an optimized version of, of cores. And Samsung just uses kind of off-the-shelf designs by ARM. So there may be an effort to try to make their stuff look better than it actually is, just to show that they're keeping up with Apple. But that's a, that seems like such a bad strategy. Because they, they, I mean, they, surely they knew they were eventually going to get caught. Or maybe they didn't consider that. You know, there's another issue here, too, which we're going to cover now. And that is, where goes Android? Because right now, if we didn't have Samsung selling tons of Android gear, and you didn't have Amazon selling an old version of Android covered up with everything else, where would Android be? Oh, it'd mainly be in China. Going forward, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a what if. I mean, but more interesting to me is what happens when Samsung realizes that it can either do what what Amazon did and split off from Android with kind of its own fork, which is really not good for Google because that means Google's done all this work for kind of nothing. And the majority of the Android ecosystem is now in China. And if the part that isn't is in, in Korea and it also doesn't benefit Google in any, in any way, then what did Google spend all that money doing Android for? Okay. I think we're leading to here. The fact is where is Android if it's not for Samsung, and it's not for Amazon. But the corollary to that is both Samsung and Amazon are burying Google's Android. Amazon buries it completely. Samsung overlays it with loads of junkware. Yeah, and then everyone else in China is also using Android in ways that does not benefit Google. So that's one of the, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think that Google is really looking at its Android strategy and thinking, what are we doing here? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's financially nonsensical 
for Google to be basically the Xerox of the modern era and putting all this effort into software that it does not benefit from and everybody else does. Okay, so let's just take a look at this here. Nothing stops Samsung from forking Android and developing their own. They also have this other operating system they're working on with Intel, I believe, another open source operating system. So nothing stops them from bringing everything there. Nothing stops them from setting up their own store, which they more or less already have done. They're having their own developers' conferences. So where does Android fit in here? And the other thing is here, in terms of money right now, handset makers, many of the handset makers, maybe all of them, who have Android handsets have to pay Microsoft because of the licensing of certain patents that Microsoft claims ownership of. So in a sense, it's not a free operating system because Microsoft is making money every time one of these things is sold. And even worse, Microsoft is probably making more money from Android than Google is. It appears so, yes. Um, And Google's ability to make money from Android is kind of predicated on the fact that Android licensees use Google services, which, like I said, is not happening in China. And Samsung is making a lot of it's, Samsung is producing a lot of evidence to suggest that it is not going to do that in the future. If, if you look at, you know, when they launched the Galaxy S4, they showed all these features. They showed translation features and various other things that overlap with Google. They're not saying, hey, here's our Android phone. It's so great it runs Android. They're saying, hey, this is our phone. And it runs R, S, this, and S, that, and S, whatever. And it doesn't make use of, of Google's stuff. So you have this kind of two-pronged problem for for Android. One of the things that I profiled in in this recent article looking at Google's use of Android and how going forward what Android has done for Google is to create software that benefits other companies, like what I'm talking about with China and Samsung, and which has distorted its relationship with Apple. Because up until, I mean, even as late as the the Samsung trial in, in 2011, they testified that from the beginning of Android to 2011, Google had made all of $500 million on Android. That's what they said. And on top of that, or kind of in parallel with that, 80% of the money they were making was from iOS. So they were heavily dependent on Apple originally for their mobile operating strategy. And that is clearly not, you know, working out well because Apple also released its own services, Siri, in the next year, Maps. And now they're pushing even harder with iAd. And so Google's ability to make money on iOS is rapidly going down. And the question would be then, is Google losing more money by losing business from Apple than it gains from Android? Oh, overwhelmingly so, yes. But the thing is, Android is not the, the great bet that I think Google seemed to walk into this thinking that they were like going to be a Microsoft and that they were going to replace Apple and own the, own the new Windows. But the thing is, they don't own it. They're giving it away. The layer that they do own is being rejected by most Android licensees. And by most, I mean China. So there's all these Android licenses. People talking about, oh, there's so many Android this and Android that. But they're not using Google services. 
a lot of it. And the ones that are, I mean, Samsung is the biggest Android licensee by far, is making very clear directions of they're wanting to do their own thing and they want to make the money. They're not interested in giving, you know, being a, a hardware maker that gives... It, it's kind of interesting. Samsung is not interested in being the Apple of 2008, which was partnered with Google. So Google basically, you know, stabbed his partner in the back and made partner with a company that has no intention of being that kind of partner. So there's all <laughs> kinds of- we'll get into more of this in a moment. A little bit later on this episode, we'll be featuring Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. People are taking charge of their lives with healthier lifestyles. That's why you have to experience the Raleigh-Durham Gluten and Allergen-Free Wellness Event. One day only, Saturday, August 17th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Durham Convention Center in Durham, North Carolina. Explore the Gluten and Allergen-Free Wellness Event, where learning is fun and delicious. Discover the world of gluten-free with free samples, cooking demonstrations, and lectures with well-known members of the gluten-free 
community. Enter the raffle and you could win the grand prize of a catered barbecue from Bonesuckin' Sauce. Valued at $3,000. The Raleigh Durham Gluten and Allergen Free Wellness Event. August 17th at the Durham Convention Center. For more, visit R-A-L-E-I-G-H glutenfreeexpo.blogspot.com RaleighGlutenfreeexpo.blogspot.com Presented by Udy's Gluten Free, Glutino, Enjoy Life Foods, and Longevity. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com at sonsoflibertyteam.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg so we have this oddball situation here where google's android os powers more mobile handsets and anyone else, but it's not doing anything for Google. And, of course, Google hasn't done so well with its other venture, which was to buy Motorola Mobility ostensibly to get all those patents. And that hasn't helped them either because Motorola Mobility continues to lose money. They're shedding employees. Now, let's point out here, Mr. Android himself, Andy Rubin, who was once an Apple employee, by the way, he is no longer the head of the Android division. Where is he? They announced that he was working on special projects, which <laughs> could mean anything from, you know, they put him in containment to they Scott Forstall them. I mean, he's working within Google, but it's very clear that he's not running the show on Android anymore. And when you look at why, that's, that's a pretty big shift. It's very similar to the shifts we saw both at Microsoft and at Apple, where somebody who was in charge of a big part of the company was removed. So Sanofsky at Microsoft, was he was the guy that was running Windows, and he was seen as being the next CEO, and he's not there anymore. And in his place is kind of nothing. It's just kind of like, you know, who knows what Microsoft's doing? It's, it's a crazy mess. But more interestingly, Apple. So Apple had... Federighi running OS X and Forstall running iOS. And now the same guy's running both of them, which you could compare to the fact what happened at, at Google, where the guy who's running Chrome OS, which is their web-based, web-based um, netbook operating system, and the guy that runs Android, which is essentially like a Java platform, the same person's now running both of them. But it's different from 
Apple situation with iOS and macOS 10 because iOS and macOS 10 are the same operating system. They're optimized for different devices, but they work in the same way. They run the same kind of software. They have all kinds of overlapping technologies. They're essentially the desktop and mobile version of OS 10. And even better, the guy who runs that division is also does great presentations at keynote addresses. He was really good. The guy, I understand he was stiff in the early days and they got his act together. And he could be a future CEO of Apple if Tim Cook gives it up. Well, if you look at his history, I mean, he was, he's been related to Apple since, I mean, he's, he was working with Steve Jobs at Next. And he left shortly after Apple acquired them, or, you know, a few years after, uh, because he, he had worked in the kind of the hardcore technology behind um, enterprise objects, which Apple just kind of scuttled after it, it acquired the company. It was, it was their enterprise technology. And so he went off to Ariba for several years. And then when he came back, uh, he took over. And the competency of OS X is, remains stellar. He's a very charismatic, like charming, cool person who does not come across as an arrogant jerk whatsoever. So, yeah, I could see him running OS X for a while. But, I mean, basically the, the point I was trying to make is that both Apple and Google are sort of combining their operating systems together but in the case of apple it makes sense in the case of google it kind of indicates that one of them is going away and there's a lot of other hints that google is getting ready to get rid of android it's a it's a strategy that isn't working and it's a strategy that's really tied to andy rubin and the other thing that's tied to andy rubin is this sort of kind of mocking apple relationship that did not work well in Google's favor, and then also his insistence on getting into the hardware game with Motorola, which is a very, you know, Microsoft Zune type thing for a licensing company to do. But every aspect of, of, of Android, from the fact that it's not a web technology, it's a, it's a Java type platform, which nothing else Google does is a non-web type platform like that. The fact that it's hurt its relationship with its one of its biggest supporters with Apple. I mean, Apple and Google were like really tightly integrated partners and now they're competitors in a variety of aspects. And the fact that it's like tied to this acquisition of Motorola, which is just a boondoggle of epic proportions. I mean, they paid $12.5 billion for it. In the last five quarters since they bought, since they took over Motorola, it's more than a billion dollars. I can't remember the exact number. A lot of money. It's either 1.2 or 1.7. I mean, it's just like a phenomenal amount of money they lose. In the last quarter, it was like $350 million. That's a lot of money to be losing. And you can say, oh, yeah, Google's making a lot of money. They, you know, no, they can't afford, you can't, nobody can afford to lose $300 million a quarter. And at the same time, they're cutting thousands of jobs. They've cut something like 5,000 jobs in the last quarter. And before that, it was another like 1,200 jobs. In no universe is... Google's acquisition of Motorola, anything other than a complete, you know, expletive, it is a mess. And now they're saddled with this, you know, significant company that used to be the only, I mean, the kind of defining factor of Motorola was that it was exclusively a Android licensee. And it was troubled before Google bought it. And now it's Google's problem. And it's complicating the, its relationship with other companies. And it, it doesn't, there's no value there. 
if you look at what Google's doing, Google's partnering with all these other companies. They're partnering with Asus and Samsung and all these other companies to release Nexus branded devices. Their own their own hardware that company that they own is not making hardware that they want to sell. Well, you know, part of it may also be politics. If they send all this business to their own division, all these other potential partners are going to say no. Yeah, I mean, there is a conflict there, but at the same time, they should be able to do something with it. I mean, they're talking about, they made the comment that there was an 18-month pipeline. There's a year and a half of garbage at Motorola that they have to, like, just throw out before they start making things that they want to make. That's over a billion dollars of losses. I mean, can you imagine buying anything and having it just lose money for a year and a half while you throw away everything the company is doing and then start from scratch on things that you would like it to do? And this is a company, this is Google, a company that has no history of successfully launching any hardware ever. Everything they've done, it's, it's gotten a lot of like, you know, enthusiastic reviews from Android fans who like the Nexus tablets and the Nexus phones and whatever, but they're not buying them. They're not selling them. Look at the review of the Nexus 7, the new version, and it's saying it's great. It's better than the iPad mini. What's the difference? There's only one difference, by the way, and that is it has a high-definition display, and right now we don't see a retina display on the iPad mini. That's it. But uh, Amazon already had that with the Kindle HD. So I don't see the difference or the distinction. Yeah, the, the, the fact that it doesn't run apps, the fact that it doesn't have software, is kind of important. Because that makes the difference of being a, you know, Windows-type PC and being a Amiga or an Atari ST or something else that people like to have, but they abandoned because there was not enough software for it. And there's less software that's designed for Android tablets in terms of like what people want to do, it's just missing the ability to do much. And the things that it can do out of the box, I mean, Apple released the original iPhone, it couldn't run third-party apps. But it could do a lot of useful things already. The webs and the maps and you know those kind of things, people bought it just to do that. So you can look at Android tablets and think, okay, well, there's reasons people would want to buy an Android tablet. You can play little games and you can, you know, browse the web and do the. But if we look at web stats, we have no indication. There's no evidence supporting the fact that people are buying these tablets to use it for the most obvious thing a tablet would be used for, which is browsing the web. Are these sales reports just smoke and mirrors? Well, the fact that no tablet maker no significant tablet maker anyway that I've seen, outside of Apple, reports how many tablets that it sells. Not Amazon, not Google, not even Samsung. I mean, you'd think Samsung, you know, Samsung should be able to say, look, we've sold this many Galaxy tabs. They have, between, you know, their four-inch iPod touch replacement to their, what is the biggest tablet they make? It's like 10 or 11 inches. They have almost every tenth of an inch between those. They just have this steady progression of tablets. Somebody published a picture that shows like every model that they make, and it's like just fans out from small to big. There's just one of everything. Surely, with all the stuff that they're throwing into the channel, they should be able to report a number that isn't embarrassing. But they don't. Companies that don't report numbers of products that they're selling, it's because they're not selling the products. 
Yeah. We have to sell a product right now. We okay. have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night High Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So are these sales figures, these stellar sales figures for Android tablets being fudged? What's going on? I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger. So what's going on? Well, the only parties that are saying that Android is selling a lot of tablets or that any Android licensees are selling tablets are analyst estimates that are based on occasional shipment numbers, not sales. They're just saying we ship this into the channel. And so they hear a number from or, or kind of a suggestion from Amazon or from Samsung or from other companies um, and also Microsoft there was this assumption that Microsoft was going to be selling a lot of tablets with the Surface. Guess what? They're not. We know they're not. If they were selling any reasonable amount of tablets, any Surface RTs, they wouldn't have slashed the price. Or taken a $900 billion write-down. Yeah, I mean, it's like clearly they're not selling them. So when you go back in time and you, and you see these analyst estimates of like, oh, we think that they're selling all these, they may be pushing them into the channel. But that's not actually a good thing. If you, look at, if you listen to Apple talk about 
their own channel because Apple has a huge channel. Apple can ship millions of devices out without ever having sold it. When they ship a new device, they're just millions of devices that ship, but those things sell. And Apple is very careful about not having too much inventory in the channel because that's the problem Apple had, you know, back in the nineties with the power books, they were in the performance, you know, they're shipping all this product, but it wasn't being sold. It was sitting in warehouses and was sitting in stores. And when products sit, they lose value. So you have to sell them off at a discount later at the end of the cycle, the sales season or whatever, you're losing money. So having weeks and weeks and weeks of inventory sitting in the channel is a terribly bad thing. The other question is here, if there's a lot of unsold stuff in the channel, does it get returned back to the manufacturer or are dealers stuck with it or do they just kind of sell it off somewhere? What happens with all the stuff they're shipping? It can happen in a, a number of those things. If you remember... You know, over the last couple of years, Samsung has been giving away free tablets when you buy a television. And the same thing with, with mobile carriers. You know, they're trying to give away a tablet in addition to buying a phone. So some of these things have, have technically sold. You know, they have, they have gone to an end user, but they're not showing up in any usage stats. So some of this product is ending up, you know, in people's drawers. You know, it is, it is being d- distributed. But it's very clear that there's not a demand for Android tablets, because if there was, if there was a demand, then Android tablets would be priced the same as the iPad. They'd be priced the same or more. That's what Google originally thought was going to happen when they launched Android 3.0 Honeycomb, is they came out with a bunch of tablets. I mean, their partners came out with a bunch of tablets that cost more than the iPad, sometimes significantly more. And same thing with Microsoft. They came out with tablet products that were like, this is more than the entry-level price of the iPad because we think it's better. And here's a pro version that's even more expensive. It's like notebook priced. And then the reality hit. Nobody wants any of this stuff. You can't sell it at any price. Let's go back to the core argument here. And that is the fate of Android. So right now, Andy Rubin is somewhere in the company working on mysterious projects. He's not doing like Bob Mansfield at Apple is doing real special projects and earning a big paycheck. We have Andy Rubin being put on the back burner. He's being benched. We have somebody else who's more concerned with Chrome OS than with Android. We don't have a bunch of new releases of Android. There was supposed to be a 4.3. We're hearing about it now. What about 5.0 Key Lime Pie? Is Google considering seriously or should they consider dumping Android? I was suggesting that maybe Google would simply spin off that division and make it open source. Well, it already is open source, but I know mean, what I mean. Uh, you know, just yeah, spin right. it off and you know leave it available for everybody. Just here it is. It's open, completely open. No contracts. Just take it if you want. You don't have to sign up a contract. We're not going to support it, but anyone else who wants to get in there and build the operating system, have fun. Well, they kind of already did that. And, and the, the thing is, I mean, most of the value of Android, I mean, if, if you look at an Android device, the value comes largely from Google's proprietary software and services, which Google is, you know, giving away technically. But it's not something that you can really, I mean, open sourcing something isn't a way to be successful commercially by definition. I mean, it's just, you're just giving something away. And Google's plan for their strategy behind Android was to basically give away the iOS layer, you know, the iOS equivalent, 
to destroy Apple's business model and become the most important layer, which is the services and advertising and things like that. That was their concept. What happened in reality was that people said thank you and took it and did whatever they wanted to do with it. And Google is not seeing the kind of app sales and advertising that is comparable, any, any slightly comparable to what they did on the desktop. So Google is not monetizing the, the mobile devices in the same scale that they were they were monetizing the web and that they are monetizing the web. They're doing really well on the web, making lots of money, but they're not doing that in mobile. So, so what does of, Google do? So if you look at what Google is, is doing, what they're actually doing is focusing attention on Chrome and they're focusing, they're trying to focus more attention on Chromebooks. The biggest hardware that they've released is this Chrome pixel, this fancy Chromebook that has, you know, a retina display it's not selling, but that's that's what they would like to have happen. In fact, if you look at the Chrome website, it looks like Apple. So you have they're selling the Chrome the the new little dongle, which is kind of like I mean it, it's not the same as Apple TV, but it's like comparable. But it's, it's a not. Chromecast, and all it is yeah. is a streamer. There's no remote control, no built-in apps. It basically takes what is transported from the Chrome browser on your iOS or Android device or Mac or PC and funnel that into your TV. That's all it yeah, does. So, so they have, I mean, that's their TV strategy. It's not the same as Apple TV, but it's like, it's not, it's not the, the failure that Google TV was. So that's an Android product that turned into a Chrome product. If There's you look no at Android desktop, in it, by the way. Yeah. So, so, and if you look at, um, there was once talk about Android tablets and netbooks, that kind of thing. So now they have Chrome tablets and netbooks. And there was, you know, some talk that someday we'd have Android uh, computers, basically. And they have a, um, it looks like a Mac Mini. It runs Chrome. So they have a series of products. Their whole portfolio of sort of serious products, even if they're not selling, it doesn't matter if they're successful or not. They're trying to be like Apple running Chrome. There's none of those equivalencies for Android. The TV Android thing is on ice, and it never sold as an as a Android product. Android smartphones are quite successful, but not for Google. Android tablets are not successful for anybody. And so if you look at you know the, Google's efforts to build basically a competitor to, to Apple stuff using Android are all failures. And, you know, the, the products that they have and they're ready to sell are Chrome products. They're web products. You have a web netbook, you have a web computer terminal, you have a web TV product. So that's what Google's doing. I was just pointing it out. This is what's, what, what they're doing. Android is not the future of Google. So does Google just say, we're going to put this on maintenance mode, we're not going to develop it. We're going to discontinue it like they've done with some of their beta products. Yeah. I mean, already the majority of Android devices are not running the, the stuff that Google's been working on for the last year or two years. They're running... I'm, I'm sure the majority of Android products, yes, are running at Android 2.2. That's from like 2010. Or 2.x, you know, 2010, like sort of into 2011, 
the old Android is running a lot of those products. That doesn't benefit Google. The, the fact that it's putting out all this effort to new versions of Android that no one's actually using. We're going to have to do this break, and then we'll have one more segment with Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Gold. If you listen to the radio, watch TV, or surf the net, you're hearing about gold. Eventually you will ask yourself, is gold right for me? The answer might surprise you. We protect ourselves and our families from many things. Do you have medical insurance? Is your home insured? Do you carry life insurance? How about financial insurance? If you own gold, then the answer is yes. If you don't own gold, the question is why don't you have financial insurance? We put our faith in things we trust. Do you trust the dollar? Do you trust the economy? Do you trust the government? Gold has always been something you can trust. For thousands of years, people have put their faith in gold. Where will you put your faith? Now is the time to protect yourself and your family. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. And ask for Jim Parker. Let me help you get started today. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. Do you know what is the number one item to stockpile? Here's why I ask. We're in the middle of a global food crisis because of extreme drought, deadly disasters, and stupid decisions by those boneheads in the government. I found four warning signs that show that a major food crisis is on our doorstep and we're just one more trigger away from a devastating disaster. And when that happens, or God forbid you have to deal with another natural disaster, do you really want to rely on FEMA to feed you and your family? That's why smart patriots have secured their own stockpile of survival food. Log on to stockpile1.com to see a little-known secret that instantly saves you and your family from natural disasters and the coming food crisis. Go watch my video at stockpile1.com. Again, that's stockpile1.com. Raising your own chickens for food is great, but how will you get them ready for the dinner table? Do it the fast and easy way with a power plucker from powerplucker.com. The power plucker is a simple attachment that works with a power drill and removes feathers in a flash. Whether you're a homesteader or a bird hunter, you'll save time and money, and we guarantee you'll love it. Order right now at powerplucker.com and receive free shipping. Powerplucker.com, the only drill-powered poultry plucker. 
When you need it the most, will your generator, power equipment, or vehicle be ready? Gas and diesel fuels go bad quickly when stored, and more than half of generator failures during disasters occur as a result of expired fuel. PRI fuel stabilizers keep your fuel fresh for when you need it most. Nuclear power stations, emergency service providers, and ships at sea rely on PRI fuel stabilizers. And you can too. Call 888-776-9373 or visit PRIproducts.com to find the dealer nearest you. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we have all these people using older versions of Android. Google's efforts not paying off. So we see now, I guess, a slowing of development of Android. Does it become slower and slower and eventually? Eh. Well, Google's going to do like what any company does. They're going to follow the money. And Android for Google has not been profitable. You can call it successful because it's on a lot of smartphones, but how are those smartphones benefiting Google? Not... Not so much. Not surely not as much as Google thought they were going to. Same thing with Motorola. You know, they thought Motorola was going to give them billions of dollars of leverage every year. They thought that they were just going to suck money out of Microsoft with with uh, Android's patents or you know Motorola's patents. And they were thinking that they were going to stop any sort of patent action against Android, but no, it didn't. And if you look at HTC, this is something that, you know, I remember I covered this stuff. I wrote about it. And I've kind of forgotten. In the last year, Apple signed a deal with HTC. And we don't know how much they're making per phone. But HTC is now making so little money that it's pretty clear Apple's making more on every HTC Android phone sold than HTC is, let alone Google. It's not clear if Apple's making, you know, similar to or more than or, you know, how how it compares to what Microsoft is making. But, you know, when Google came up with Android, it wasn't doing it as a way for Apple and Microsoft to make money. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's really like a bizarre situation. But the reason Apple is making money off HTC is because Android is tainted and HTC knows it. And they were fighting it for a while, but they realized, wow, there's no fighting against this because this patent, very specifically the Andy Rubin patent, that Andy Rubin was exposed to at Apple and then he brought and put into Android, that is a, it's a death stroke for Android. Okay, but Samsung hasn't admitted that yet, although there's more and more talk that there are conversations between Apple and Samsung behind the scenes, I guess to save face. So we see here Apple and Samsung might be talking behind the scenes. There are reports also that Apple is still talking to Google. So maybe Google has told Apple, you know what, we're going to start phasing out android we're not going to deal with it anymore maybe we can do some new partnerships and not lose old ones and there's a talk here that maybe apple may be continuing to build more stuff at samsung maybe in the hopes that samsung will make a deal with them but what does samsung do they fork off android or do these people simply call up microsoft and say we're paying you money anyway let's do something with windows phone well possibly if if windows phone starts to take off it hasn't been in in kind of important markets that it needs to. 
Windows Phone is becoming the feature phone operating system, essentially. It's selling cheap devices in some areas. And in some places, my Nokia is doing, it's hard to say that they're doing really well, but, but they're doing better than they were when they weren't selling anything. And, you know, Nokia has high-end Windows mobile devices, and they have sort of pedestrian devices, but it's the pedestrian ones that are selling. And they're selling in countries other than the U.S. In the U.S., it's not growing terribly fast. But I think in the last quarter, it's growing faster than Android. Oh, you have to double-check that. I'm not sure if that's actually true. I just did a report on it, but I don't remember the numbers. But in any sense, I mean, it, my, Microsoft is so far behind. Um, it's not in Apple's interest to have Microsoft be the new Android. Because Microsoft is, you know, at least in the past, it was more competent than Google has been in running a platform. It's, I've always said that it's in Apple's interest to have as many competitors as possible because it's a lot easier to compete against a bunch of, you know, various different platforms that are all trying to keep up and, you know, very competitive environment than it is to compete against everyone else in the world under one big, you know, group effort. So it used to be that everybody was teamed up against Apple with Windows and now they're kind of teamed up with against Apple with Android. But Apple's done much better when it comes into an, a market where there's a lot of competition, because then it has the ability to compete. Well, the other issue being, of course, is what do these handset makers do? If they're already burying Android, that would indicate they don't care about Android. And if Google stopped developing Android tomorrow, they'll find another solution. So do they try to roll one of their own? They look into this, what's it called, Tizen or Tizen, this operating system that Samsung and Intel are developing. Do they look into that, another free alternative? What do these handset makers do? Well, the, the Tizen thing is, remember, it was started at Nokia. They had their Mimo. It's basically a Linux distrib- distribution. And then they started working with Intel, and they called it something slightly different. I can't remember. And then Intel basically, I mean, Nokia pulled away from that to do their thing with, with Microsoft, with Windows Phone. So Intel took the remains of that and kind of combined it with what Samsung had been doing with Bada. And they pulled their efforts to make Tizen, which is a Linux distribution. So it's it's an alternative to Android without, I believe, the Java-type layer that is basically what Android is. There's a number of companies that make embedded devices, especially low-end devices, that are aimed at competing in the feature phone market or the low-end smartphone market. Nokia has their own platform in addition to Windows Mobile they sell. So there may be like a new... You know, it's not hard to imagine a world where there's new op- new platforms that exist to fill sort of low-end needs because there is a huge market for for low-end cell phones or moderately low-end cell phones and as the pace of technology moves along the even the phrase smartphone just becomes worthless because it used to be when the iphone came out smartphones were a tiny business and almost everybody had a basic phone and so smartphone had a really significant meaning it meant a, a basically a phone that had computing functions 
But no, we have almost we have only 45 seconds left. So you have to kind of wrap this up. Try. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're seeing is like a change in smartphones to where there's now different all kinds of different levels of smartphones. So it'll be interesting to see how the industry kind of reconfigures to make discernible different product categories that people can choose from. It's not just smartphones and feature phones. Well, of course, they'll have every tenth of an inch in screen size. Every tiny increment of improvement will become a completely different model, just like Samsung does. I mean, Samsung's model proliferation is a thousand times worse than Apple's when they had the performers back in the mid-90s. Oh, well. Daniel Aaron Delger, would you tell our listeners, please, where they can find more of your stuff? I'm writing for AppleInsider.com, and I have my RoughlyDrafted.com blog. (laughs) And sometimes you get back to it. But almost every day he has a piece at Apple Insider. And this is cutting-edge stuff. He is a real journalist, not someone who just repeats the press releases. He's not a copy machine. He's a reporter. Some people in this business don't understand that difference. Daniel Aaron Dilger, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, thanks for having me, Gene. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bi- products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. There are those curious about Bitcoins and those using and making money with Bitcoins. What are Bitcoins? A Bitcoin is the first decentralized currency that can be easily transferred from person to person over the Internet. No bank needed. This means lower fees and accounts can never be frozen, limited or closed. You are in control of your money. 
And the best part? You can start earning and making money with Bitcoins right away. No computer or expertise is required to earn money with Bitcoins, and a growing number of merchants now accept Bitcoins. Plus, they're easily exchanged for dollars, euros, and more. Learn more about the easiest, cheapest, most profitable way to enter the Bitcoin market and get paid every two weeks by one of the fastest-growing Bitcoin miners in the world at cloudhashing.com. Just like it sounds, cloudhashing.com. That's cloudhashing.com. We mine your business. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids, and all whey protein powders we've investigated and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Way. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years old. When I started using One World Way, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. He's the guy who seems to be plugged in everywhere and seems to have information that a lot of people don't have. Now, somebody asked you, was it that would Apple hold a media event on September 6th? And you said... No. Well, that's a Friday. Apple never holds events on Friday, do they? I don't, I don't think that they have. Uh, that would be a long way back to, if they did, they usually hold the middle of the week, you know, in that area. So do you think there'll be an event before the fourth week of September? Oh, yeah, only Apple knows that. You're not answering the questions. (laughs) You're avoiding the questions. So we we have to think if Apple is going to be really doing this thing. Well, I I mean, it would make sense that uh, sometime this fall, you know, that Apple will will have some type of event and either for iPhone or iPad. That's usually when they when they do these things. All right. We'll go for that. All right. Let's go to some more predictions here. A story, I guess, in the Wall Street Journal talking of a fourth quarter introduction of the next iPad mini, this time with a retina display. Yay or nay? That's a that's a really tough one, you know, um, because I, look at what the, the Nexus just went through with uh, with its higher resolution display. People think that it's it's just a matter of, of plugging the display in, but it's really not because the higher resolution displays take a lot more battery power. And, you know, Apple right now is up around 10 hours of, of battery power for the iPad mini. And 
you, you wouldn't want to see that drop to, well, I, I think Google's now at uh, six hours with the uh, with the Nexus. Apple wouldn't want that. They wouldn't want to see that drop. So whether you're going to see a, a retina display, I think, depends more on uh, battery and that technology than it does the actual retina technology. We know they can do retina. They do retina in the iPhone. They do retina in the larger iPad. You know, they can do retina in computers, but they have that that battery under under control in those circumstances. And, of course, one of the things here is that it's easy to make predictions as easy for a company to add a feature even though it's not optimized. So, for example, the HD version of the Nexus 7 has less battery life. Yeah, and, and people... People obviously see that as a downside, but what they what they don't correlate with that is that it's the screen that's doing it, um, you know, because it, it takes more power. So uh, people want a, a retina display, but they don't want to give up the battery. And, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see how many people would take a retina, even though it... it gave you half the battery time or would people want the battery you know that'd be a tough call i have a feeling here just to get a slightly sharper screen you'd give up half your battery life i don't know i don't know i mean i enjoy my my mini uh because i can use it for so long you know i i don't know if i'd be willing to give that up and the mini uh, the screen on the mini is is fine and i really like it but you know how how that's all going to turn out is is anybody's guess. I would love to see it. I would love to know that they could still keep ten hours of battery life, and um, and have a retina display as well. I mean, that would be the ultimate thing for for all of us. That would be nice. That would be nice. Well, we have to see what Apple does and how Apple solves the problem. But one of the other things mentioned in some of the recent rumors is that Apple is continuing to partner with Samsung on different parts, on displays, on processors. There's no way for Apple to say, we don't want you anymore? Well, you know, that, that gets kind of tough, too. I mean, when, when you start moving manufacturers for some of these parts, I mean, boy, that's, that's tough. Again, Apple's in a tough position because... What if they move to, you know, an inferior product, even though the company says, oh, yes, we can do this. And then, you know, they start having problems. I, that's disastrous for your business. So they, they have to be very careful. I don't think there's any doubt that they are making a move and, and they've already moved some things. Uh, but they have to be very careful in, in what they do and the timing that they do it. Now, do you think Apple loses potential sales? for not having a high-definition version of the iPad Mini. And that brings into a larger issue I'm going to ask you about. It's, it's a great question. Um, I, I think that some people are waiting for um, an iPad Mini with a retina display. I mean, nobody that I've talked to really doesn't like the Mini, but they want that higher resolution. And, you know, they, they seem to be willing to wait for it. And that's... And they they could be, but it doesn't seem like the iPad's really doing uh, that bad. Definitely not doing that bad. 
Not at all. Now, there was a story, I think this was exposed recently, where Google was making a claim that the original Nexus 7, some months back, outsold the iPad in Japan. And then we found out that Google was kind of fudging the numbers like, okay, we're not going to mention Apple's online store or the stores run by wireless carriers or the physical Apple stores. Let's ignore them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. It was uh it was a research company uh called BCN uh that did the study and and Google used the numbers in in a couple of their presentations. And and it's kind of funny because, you know, Google must have known because they would have had access to the full research. So they must have known that uh uh you know that the numbers were wrong. And and you can't you can't say that the numbers weren't wrong because BCN left off so many things like the Apple retail stores. And what's what was interesting about the numbers, if you look at them, is that Google, with the, the skewed numbers, uh, Google had 44% in Japan market share. Apple had 40%. And they didn't even count the Apple stores. So what happens when you throw that number in there? I mean, what was Apple at, like 90%? The Apple what? The Apple stores. You didn't take that joke. Oh. The Apple what? (laughs) You know, ignore Apple. Ignore the fact that some people buy those things online. You know, what's very interesting here is that thing that Tim Cook said during the quarterly conference call, during their June quarter comments, that what is it, the iPad has 85% of web traffic for tablets. So if the iPad is now less than half of sales, what are these tablets being used for? Well, that's exactly it. And each time these numbers come out about uh, web traffic, I I ask the, the exact same question. What are people using all of these other tablets for if they're if they're actually selling at all what are they using them for i it's kind of crazy to think that and apple's web usage is actually going up not down it went up last time so where where are these other tablets and what are they using them for now if you look at the the Kindle, if if that's going to be your benchmark, then okay, I, I understand people with a with a Kindle will probably read more than than browse. I I can accept that, and and that's a valid argument, uh, but not for the rest of them. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Somebody is making up things. Somebody is fudging those numbers. We'll continue to look at them. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. Of course, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeant e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced musculoskeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177, 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg.
So what are those non-Apple, non-Kindle tablets being used for? Do they even exist? <laughs> well, are they white box tablets, which Daniel Aaron Dilger has been writing about? Jim Dalrymple? You know, it's either that or they're using them for doorstops. Okay. Apparently they're selling, but... If you I mean, want to sell doorstops. If you want to sell doorstops. I mean, when when you get an iPad or an iPhone, uh, you know, you one of the first things that you do is go online. And and I I can't imagine not being online. You know, you're you're in an airplane or you, you know, maybe you're not online there. Uh but otherwise you're you have LTE uh networking, you have Wi-Fi. Uh, you're you're always on. So and and that's the way our society is now. We're we're this always on type of of society. And I, except, of course, if it's a non Apple iPad, a well, non Apple tablet. Apparently so. That's that's what it seems to be. You know, even people with with iPod Touch, they're they're online. You know, they can they can go on over Wi Fi and. Yeah, these days, I mean, you can walk outside and, you know, you're at Starbucks or McDonald's or anywhere else and you're on Wi-Fi. I, I bet there's some streets where you can walk down and, and almost have Wi-Fi the whole way between hotels and restaurants. And, you know, uh, everybody has it. And a lot of people give it away for free. So I, I, I don't know where these people with Android tablets are. I really don't know. They're hiding, or those tablets don't exist. That would be the ultimate conspiracy theory. That's kind of what Daniel was getting into in one of the pieces where he talks about these so-called white box tablets, meaning that they're rebranded and sold by somebody else. Maybe a lot of them don't exist. Maybe. Daniel's been doing some good articles lately. He is your predecessor on the episode this week. Ah. How about that? There you go. All right, so... This is the thing. And, of course, Samsung, there's a story that Samsung fudges benchmarks Mm. for the Galaxy S4 by putting stuff in the code that deliberately runs the processor faster. (laughs) Maybe too fast when you run the benchmarks, but then it runs at normal speed otherwise. And the only example I gave, which I gave to Daniel, is that I have a Galaxy S3 and a Galaxy S4. In these canned benchmarks, the S4 is twice as fast. In real-world use, the difference is almost indistinguishable. Yeah. To me, that's just dirty, uh, the way that they do that, because what Samsung has done, there, there are you know standard benchmark applications that reviewers use, and, and the very high-tech uh, sites will use to you know dig into to processors and, and things like that. And what Samsung did was put a line of code in to say, if this benchmark app is running, shoot the processor up higher so that it looks like you know we're we're better than everybody else. So these reviewers were were running the benchmark tests, and wow, the Galaxy S4 is it's this huge uh, powerhouse of of a machine. Whereas it's really a powerhouse of Nothing. deception. Yeah. So. When it recognized that, hey, this benchmark app is running, the the processor would shoot up and make it look really good. But in actual fact, when that app wasn't running, it would run at, you know, the normal speed, which wasn't so good. 
you know, it, it's very deceptive, and you know, I I don't like that. I wouldn't like that from Apple. I don't like it from Samsung. Wouldn't like it from anybody, and because I think it's just dishonest. And you think people make their purchase decisions because of that? Well, people more and more are going online and reading about. Uh, the 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 products that they're going to buy and they'll they'll you know take an iPad Mini or 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 an iPhone and a Samsung Galaxy S4 and a Motorola and you know a couple of others and read up on them and see what they are and they look at the benchmarks and say wow Samsung is really good and then they they go buy it and they they look at it and say oh gee you know and then for those people it must be very discouraging for those people to read something like yesterday. Uh, when Samsung was caught, you know, basically cooking the books on the on the benchmarks and to know that they get sucked in. I wonder how many people look at that and say, you know what, I'm not going to buy that product or or I'm going to return it. Now, I saw an ad for the S4 where people are aboard an airplane and one of them is holding it and tilting it. So it does this scrolling, you know, tilt to scroll or something like that. Yep. To show the advantage, and it's happening with no delay instantaneously. Now, in the real world, if you can get the tilt-to-scroll to work, you have to really tilt it a lot. There is a delay, and then scrolls really slowly, even if you turn the speed real fast. So this <laughs> ad is fake. Samsung is basically misleading people. But that's not the only one. Look at the ads for the Surface tablet showing the iPad. Yeah. Now they're showing a full-size iPad, and they reduce the width or depth of it because it's being shown landscape. They reduce the depth, so it's the same depth as the Surface Tablet, which has a wide screen. So the Surface Tablet is wider because of the wide screen. I mean, this stuff is just bait and switch and deception. And I just wonder why Apple hasn't publicly called them out. Well, I don't think Apple can really call them out. I, I think that they wait for, for others to call them out. You Which know, Apple people have, but of course, Microsoft yes. has done nothing. Well, look at, uh, at what happened with Microsoft this week, though. Um, two weeks ago, Microsoft took a $900 million write-off uh, for the Surface because it, they needed to lower the price, and they made too many and didn't sell them. It was in their... their 10Q or 10K uh, SEC filing this week that they actually made in revenue $853 million. So they took more in a write-off than what they generated in revenue for the surface. Now, the what what people feel is that Microsoft sold about 1.7 million surface devices since it launched. That was eight months ago. And so eight months, 1.7 million new product, supposedly an iPad killer. In that same time, just as, as an example, Apple sold in November, when, uh, the, the Surface launched at the end of October. In November, Apple sold 3 million iPads in three days. In the last quarter, Apple sold 14.6 million iPads. And since the, the Surface has been released, since last October, Apple has sold 57 million iPads. And yet, Microsoft is making fun of Apple in its commercials. Doesn't make much sense. Ouch. 
Yeah. You wonder about all this, though, how bad that's doing. And Steve Ballmer admits this to people. Well, it's not selling well, and PC sales are down. What are you going to do about it? What is Steve Ballmer going to do about the fact that Microsoft is spending all this money to sell the Surface tablet, and nobody wants one? What are they going to do about Windows 8? PC sales are down. Yeah, Mac sales are down somewhat, too. That's where the industry is going. Yeah, but PC sales are down more. Well, Apple has has bucked the trend in the the PC market for years now, where where the PC has started to dip. Uh, Apple has has stayed pretty constant. Uh, they've gone up certainly uh, in in some years, but the whole that whole segment of the market is going down. I mean, you remember years ago. First, it was uh, desktops, and, and desktops were selling big. And then they moved to portables. And the portables were the largest selling segment of the market for years. And, and now that's starting to drop, too. And a lot of that has to do with the tablets. you know. But clearly, it's not a Microsoft tablet that people are buying. Uh, if they're buying an Android one, they're not going online, so I'm not sure what they're doing either. If they're but... buying an Android one, it doesn't exist on this planet. <laughs> it's basically another dimension. You know, there's a TV series called Primeval, and they've got a spinoff called Primeval New World, where people interact with a parallel world or another universe or some portal into the past, whatever it is. I mean, it's one of those dinosaur on the loose shows. It's okay. The key being here is that maybe all these white box tablets that people are buying, when they turn them on, they are miraculously transported into another dimension, and therefore we can't measure them online because they don't go online in this world. Maybe they go through a proxy server that nobody can measure. You know, I'm coming up with something. Jim is writing this down for one of his columns. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Springtime is sale time at Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big and stock up at HerbalHealer.com. 
New customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's Spring Specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, CoQ10 with Hawthorn, Colon Enhancer, Sea Cucumber, Super Fam and Super Male Plex, plus Glucosamine Chondroitin, our best-selling liquid CalMag Vitamin D, and our colloidal minerals, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. And Herbal Healer also offers certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Jim Dalrempel of The Loop with LoopInsight.com, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. More of this cutting-edge commentary where we talk about all the nonsense that's out there. It's like... People can't face the truth about Apple. Is it just a matter that Apple's stats are always so unbelievable they have to lie? I think that people are looking for a reason to bring Apple down, you know, whatever that reason is. And it's unfortunate, but I can't really see a whole lot that Apple is doing wrong. Actually, Wrong. I mean, you know, look at, at, at the bigger picture and go for the environment. There's no other company that, uh, in the, in the tech industry that releases all of the information and, and is as transparent as Apple is from coal mines right to, uh, the manufacturing, shipping the products, uh, having them in the customer's hands. And then when they, they finally, uh, dispose of them. Apple is very transparent in in all of this and and what their footprint is on the environment. And yet, it's because of this information that Apple gives freely to the public uh, that that the press goes after them and says, oh, you could be doing more. Well, why don't you ask Dell and HP and uh, Google and a lot of these companies what they're doing? You know, I mean, Apple is the one that's that's being upfront about all of this, and and they are doing a lot. So, yeah, I I, I think that the reason that Apple gets a lot of the press is because obviously they're the big one. Uh, but you know, sometimes you like to see the the big one fall, and I have to think that that's got something to do with it. Let's move on to some ideas of what we might see from Apple. We have the Google Chromecast, which is kind of this online streaming thingy or thingamajig. <laughs> you have a chance to look at it? I don't have one, but I, I had a chance to read about it. Okay, so what is your perception? Uh, I think it will be popular among geeks. Uh, the, the geeks will love it because uh, geeks love everything you know new and fancy that comes out uh that's that's just the way that that group is and and i say that not in a derogatory sense but because i'm i'm a geek too so um but 
there's more to selling something in the living room than, you know, having it small, having it, you know, like a, a dongle type thing, which the Chromecast is. The geeks will love it because they can, you know, fiddle around with their phones and, or, or you know, their devices and send information to this thing. And then it goes out over the Internet and, and streams the show for you or the movie. But the average person is not going to do that. They're not going to know how to do it. They're not going to really put up with that. Uh, there's there's a separation there. Uh, you know, if you set somebody down in front of an Apple TV on on their big screen TV and a Chromecast where you have to go from your computer or your, your uh, phone and tell it what to download and then I, people are going to get the Apple TV. The Apple TV is not perfect. It's It's not a solution yet for you know, cutting the cables and, and just using that. If we could subscribe to channels and all kinds of other things, then that might be a lot better. But the Apple TV is more of an environment for the living room than what the Chromecast is. So I, I think that the Apple TV is going to continue to sell a lot. I think the Chromecast will sell a lot to begin with and then it will drop off because it's not going to have that that mass of people that will take it. Now, the one big thing here also about this is that the Chromecast doesn't use a lick of Android, I hear, in the operating system. And there's a suggestion here that we're seeing less and less of the presence of Android. Yes, there's supposedly Android 4.3, a minor update on that new tablet the new Nexus 7 tablet, but are we seeing a de-emphasis of Android? You know, that's interesting, and Daniel actually did an article on that, too, that I, I haven't uh, been able to read yet. But I wanted to take your opinion. We've, we had Daniel expressing that already. Yeah. I, I think that, that Google's kind of finding itself in a little bit of trouble with Android. Because if you look at who's making money from Android, it's really Samsung. And Samsung may be the only one that's making money from it. It's not just an Android ecosystem that is making a pile of money. It's one company. And, you know, HTC is in deep trouble, even though from all reports they have some great products. Uh, They're in some deep trouble. I, I don't know anybody else that's really selling a lot of Android devices besides Samsung. What would happen if Samsung pulled away from Android? Well, they could do it very easily. They, they really could. could do it very easily because already they're selling more than any other Android handset maker. It's yep. an open source operating system, so Samsung can do two things. Number one, emphasize their store for apps, attract apps because they're large enough from app developers, or just write them and say, would you like to switch over? And then fork over Android, and then where's Google? Yeah, Google is then in big trouble. And and you know what Google is left with at that point? The lawsuits. That's what they're left with. So what is your perception here? You know what Daniel thinks about this. Do you think that Google is going to distance himself from Android quietly? I don't think they'll do it publicly. Well, 
if they're going to do it, I think that, that Google is, like with the Chromecast, if there is no Android in there, Google is going to need to find another way uh, to make some of these products that it has work. And if they can do that, they they may distance themselves from it because it doesn't appear that anybody else is making an impact with Android besides Samsung. And if Samsung leaves, then Google is left with the lawsuits, they're left with HTC, and they're left with Motorola. And that's not a very comfortable place to be, I don't think. HTC is going to show what, their first ever financial loss? Oh, yeah. The smartphone being the big problem, the big determination of that? Yeah, and I, I kind of feel bad for HTC, to be honest with you, because, you know, there are companies out there uh, like Microsoft saying, oh, we're so great, and look, we have the Surface, and, and BlackBerry doing the same thing um, that just aren't great. And no, then that's ha- another issue here, too, here about these companies. You have all these companies having big problems, moving tablets, smartphones, whatever, and they will continue to show a game face. Okay, we're doing fine. We're executing our strategy. We're going to make it better. You watch us. It never happens. <laughs> but wouldn't it, it be nice it, if they just admitted, we've got a problem, folks, and find a solution than just to keep doing the same wrong thing? Yeah, and, and that's what they do. It's the same wrong thing all the time. And and that's why, you know, I will, I will pick on, on Microsoft and poke fun at BlackBerry because of the things that they say and do. Oh, the, the playbook is going to kill the, the iPad. They hadn't even shipped the playbook, and, and they had like three versions of it already out in their minds anyway. So HTC I feel bad for because HTC has admitted that they have problems, and they can't seem to get out from under them. And, you know, everybody that I've talked to that, that has reviewed the HTC products has said that they're good, but they just can't get a foothold. And, uh, yeah, for that, I, I feel bad for them. It's obviously pretty difficult. But what do you do, for example, with a company like BlackBerry? They're not doing that well. Do they sell off their technology? What happens next? We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats. I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You can save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. 
Gold. If you listen to the radio, watch TV, or surf the net, you're hearing about gold. Eventually you will ask yourself, is gold right for me? The answer might surprise you. We protect ourselves and our families from many things. Do you have medical insurance? Is your home insured? Do you carry life insurance? How about financial insurance? If you own gold, then the answer is yes. If you don't own gold, the question is why don't you have financial insurance? We put our faith in things we trust. Do you trust the dollar? Do you trust the economy? Do you trust the government? Gold has always been something you can trust. For thousands of years, people have put their faith in gold. Where will you put your faith? Now is the time to protect yourself and your family. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. And ask for Jim Parker. Let me help you get started today. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. Do you know what is the number one item to stockpile? Here's why I ask. We're in the middle of a global food crisis because of extreme drought, deadly disasters, and stupid decisions by those boneheads in the government. I found four warning signs that show that a major food crisis is on our doorstep And we're just one more trigger away from a devastating disaster. And when that happens, or God forbid you have to deal with another natural disaster, do you really want to rely on FEMA to feed you and your family? That's why smart patriots have secured their own stockpile of survival food. Log on to stockpile1.com to see a little-known secret that instantly saves you and your family from natural disasters and the coming food crisis. Go watch my video at Stockpile1.com. Again, that's Stockpile1.com. If you want to approach companies with your invention, the first step is to secure your patent rights. We are Russ Weinzimmer & Associates, a national law firm dedicated to helping you get strong protection for your invention. Already selling a product based on your invention? There may still be time to lock in your rights. Just call us at 800-621-3654 for your confidential free consultation. Or visit strategicpatentlaw.com. That's strategicpatentlaw.com. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation. And man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Exploring the platform wars with Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Let's move back to Apple TV. Mm. We have the Chromecast. We have Apple now selling a refurbished version of the Apple TV for $25 less, for $75 rather than 100 slowly adding content to it. Is that where it's all going? 
It's going to be a content issue that Apple will simply inflate it, give it more apps? Well, I, I think that's one way that, that it can certainly go. When you look at what people do, I mean, I buy and rent a lot of TV shows and movies. Um, and, and I enjoy watching it because it's very high-quality video and... You know, you, you're able to stream it right away. I, I press the button to to buy, and I as soon as I press the button, it says, "Okay, it's ready," and I I start watching. There's no delay. There's no, you know, you don't have to plan to to watch a movie. It can be a spur of the moment thing, and and you're all set. To be able to say subscribe to CBS and and watch those shows that that CBS has in whatever way they come up with that, that we can do that uh, and have a reasonably priced subscription so that, you know, all year long you get this, just like you do now with NHL Center Ice or MLB. I, I think that would be a great thing because people want to watch what they want when they want. And and DVRs have, have proven that. DVRs are hugely popular. People want to record it and, and watch it later so that they don't have to watch the commercials and they don't have to, you know, mess around with, with live TV anymore. And that's what I do. That's what most people do, I think. So that's kind of what Apple has to get to. And how they go about doing that, I, I don't know. But it still doesn't seem like the networks, at least the, you know, the main uh, networks, Understand that because if you go to an on-demand uh, thing for for CBS or ABC, they're all standard definition, no high definition shows, and you're not allowed to fast forward through them, and they still have commercials in them. I, that's that's not what people want. Instead of watching that, I'll go on Apple TV and buy a show. I know I'm giving money still to. Uh, to the networks, but I can't watch that when it's like that. Well, the other thing here is, is Apple just going to make deals with the content providers like they are rumored to be doing with Time Warner? And that way you will still subscribe to your cable or satellite service, but the app and the interface will be completely controlled by Apple. Yeah, I I mean, you could do uh, something like that, too. Uh, but the the whole network thing is so intertwined. I mean, you know, one big conglomerate actually owns, uh, you know, all, a lot of the small networks, and you know, the other big conglomerate owns, you know, some of the uh, the specialty channels that you really like to watch. So until you dig through all that as a consumer, anyway, you know, I'm sure that Apple knows who's who. But as a consumer. I may say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with NBC ever again. But, you know, maybe NBC owns, I don't know, just throwing it out there, HBO and Showtime. And I really love those ones, and I want those ones. So, you know, I mean, you just don't know what's what's what in, in that. And I think we're kind of relying on Apple to uh, to filter through all that and come back with something that we will buy. Well, of course, when it comes to, for example, Time Warner. Time Warner owns HBO. They own Cinemax. You have Comcast and NBC, which owns the Sci-Fi Channel, USA Network, dozens of channels. Yeah. So you can't get rid of one without getting rid of something that maybe you want. 
And, well, and isn't that the problem with cable subscriptions? They they sell you packages. Some of the the stations in the package you'll never ever watch. I, you probably don't even hit as you're flipping through stations some of these channels. But you need to have the whole the, that whole bundle in order to get the you know two stations that you really want to watch. And I I hope that that's not what happens with with this. Well, unfortunately. To make this kind of deal, Apple's going to have to make a deal with the devil. Well, this is what they did for music. You know, uh, you, maybe maybe the networks are, are a bit wiser to, to Apple than what the music industry was. But Apple has made the music industry a ton of money. So maybe they can do the same thing for, for the content providers. But what about an Apple-connected or smart TV? Is that just... An illusion. There was another story that Apple is getting Ultra HD or 4K panels, or at least testing them. So where does that go? Well, it's important to remember that Apple, as much as Apple sells iPods and iPads and iPhones, Apple does a lot of research and development. And, you know, they, they have areas of the Apple campus that are, are cordoned off. These are, you know, the research and development segment. If Apple wasn't doing all of this research and development, then we wouldn't have things like the the iPhone and the iPad. And it would be a mistake to think that, that Apple isn't testing out everything that it can. And if that's a 4K you know, screen, then, okay, maybe they, they have that. Maybe they have the biggest one in the world there. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, sure, they're testing out everything that they can to say, this is a technology that will work for us and it will... It will push things forward and give us what we want in this market. Now, it's going to be four years before that will ever be able to come to market. And in that time, they continue to work and they you know, continue to improve things. And four years later, we have whatever it is. You know, okay, maybe- so I'll ask you the question here as we get to the end of this. The iPhone 5C or Lite or whatever it is, is that real? Oh, there was uh, there was some static on the line. I, yeah, I, I couldn't hear you. iPhone. <laughs> oh, you're joking with me. You're not answering that question. You heard it, me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a bad line. All of a sudden, you know. It's amazing when we talk about certain products. The lines just get so bad. The reception is fuzzy. The Illuminati or the (laughs) NSA is listening to us. And this has to be one the NSA is listening to because we are in two different countries. He's in Nova Scotia in Canada. I'm in the USA. So do you think that the NSA is listening? And there's that static on the line again. I'm not going to ask him that question (laughs) because he's going to give me just static and our listeners, your eardrums will be assaulted. Jim Dalrymple, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Uh, you can find me at loopinsight.com on the web and uh, Jay Dalrymple on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that guy Jay Dalrymple. I remember him. Yeah. You find him on Twitter. That's pretty good. By the way, we'll get another interesting viewpoint of the industry with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and he comes up next on the show. Okay, Jim Dalrymple, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene.
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Folks, you'll want to hear this. No matter what size your business, people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional-looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Nutritious food is real body armor. It builds muscle, burns fat, improves digestion, and feeds the entire body the nutrients it needs. Did you know the U.S. government banned the hemp plant from growing in the United States and classified it as a Schedule One drug to hide it behind the marijuana plant? People have been confused about this plant for over 80 years, and many still don't know what hemp is. So now you know hemp is not marijuana, and marijuana is not hemp. They are different varieties of the same species. Hemp USA.org wants the world to know these basic facts and to help people understand that hemp protein powder is the best-kept health secret you need to know about. Remember, hemp protein powder contains 53% protein, is gluten-free, anti-inflammatory, non-GMO, and is loaded with nutrients. Call 888-910-4367, 888-910-4367, and see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. Join us in Joshua Tree, California, August 9th through 11th for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference. A weekend of in-depth exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, UFO sightings, and new evidence of ongoing contact. The conference will feature films, panels, lectures, workshops, and fieldwork with leading experts including Stephen Greer, Giorgio Sukalas, Graham Hancock, Jim Mars, Michael Tellinger, Laura Eisenhower, Jason Martell, David Wilcock, Doc Wallace. David Serrata, and many, many more of the biggest names in UFOlogy. The conference will coincide with the Perseid Meteor Shower, and the Joshua Tree Retreat Center offers the perfect place for sightings through the clear desert sky. Enter to win a free ticket at contactinthedesert.com. We look forward to seeing you in Joshua Tree in August for a serious look at mounting evidence that we are not alone. For more information, go to contactinthedesert.com or call 760-365-8371. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. 
or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and we're going to look over the industry and see what things are going on. Now, let's look at Microsoft for a bit here, because Microsoft is not doing too well with the Surface tablet. They took a $900 million write-down, and the total sales of the tablet are less than $900 million, a little bit less. So what's going on there? Uh, Well, they clearly miscalculated on what the product would be able to do, um, obviously. It's a great product in many ways, right? I mean, a really nice form factor. They clearly thought about it a lot and did a lot of work on the hardware. But, you know, I think the real challenge has been for them in tablets is that, in general, what Apple and Google have done is move up from the phone into the tablet, building against operating systems and the components that they've used in the phones. And Microsoft, as they moved into tablets, not unnaturally and not illogically, said what we want to do is move down from the notebook or from the desktop because, well, we want to leverage our strength. When they did that, at least initially, their view was, well, we can't just move Windows 8 down. We need to do something different because we need to attack things on battery life, et cetera. So they felt like they had to go to some kind of an ARM solution, but they didn't want to go to the same ARM solution they had on the phone. So they ended up with a product, at least on the software side, that just didn't satisfy anybody in terms of what it could do and, you know, how it fit in the marketplace. So what does Microsoft do from here? Obviously, you can't tell them what to do, but what is the industry telling them? Well, you know, I I mean, I think they, they still have plenty of opportunity in the market in terms of tablets. You know, I think that we've barely seen tablets, you know, scratch the surface of what they can do on the enterprise side. Um, So Microsoft, strong as always on that side of the marketplace, can certainly find the right solution in there to deliver uh, and help its partners deliver the right products to to the enterprise market. I think consumer is going to be a challenge. They they can't give up on it, and I think they're still taking the right tack, which is they need to develop their own hardware and their own products as well as working in concert with partners to develop products as well. I think if you look out in the marketplace in general, I think given where Microsoft is, their approach is going to be a lot more like Google, a lot less like Apple. And I think maybe one of the things they need to think about is they become more of a, you know, hardware and services and software kind of company is, you know, what does that mean in their competition against Google? I think they're much too focused on Apple, and I really don't think they have the same business model and the same kind of uh, market approach as Apple is, but they have a much more of a overlap against Google. Huh. Do you think maybe Microsoft needs to look for another CEO? 
that's kind of out of my league. Um, all I can say is they still make an awful lot of money. They're still very profitable. In my view, this idea that there's something wrong there, I don't know that's, that's necessarily correct. I think the market is changing. And as a company that was invested in the way the market worked before, they are naturally going to be behind everybody else in terms of executing against that change. Whether Mr. Ballmer is the right guy to help execute against that change or not, that's somebody else's decision. But on the face of it, it's not like they're not a successful, highly profitable company right now. Let's look on with Google. I don't know if you heard this or not. I know you people really want to be accurate about your sales figures. And there was a story that Google reported outselling the iPad in Japan. And they did that by omitting the Apple store, omitting Apple's online store and some wireless carriers. So what's going Uh, on there? I have no problem with that. As long as they tell people what the source of the data is. Fact of the matter is you can't always capture every single potential place products are sold. At NPD, we don't have complete 100% coverage in our point-of-sale data for every single product from every single outlet. And the things are going to happen. We don't try to hide that. If they try to hide it, you know, shame on them. But if the fact is, is that they use the data and they sourced it, then I think that's the obligation that they have. Okay, but in that particular event, if you exclude the areas where Apple is going to sell 100% iPads, their own stores and their online store, it kind of skews the results to something that isn't quite accurate, is it? I won't. That's much more of a business decision. I wouldn't necessarily agree with you on that in that vein. Again, you know, you measure what you can measure, and if the reason that they don't have those da- that data is because it's not measurable, either because Apple or the carriers are not willing to provide the information to the research company, then uh, I'm okay with them reporting numbers that they know to be accurate based on the numbers that, that they, they have access to. Okay, but as long as you have that clearly spelled out saying we could not get these figures and therefore our results may be wrong. In fact, if we had all the figures, they'd be completely wrong. So I'm not going to have this kind of conversation here, but their numbers, again, I don't know the research firm that they got them from, but that doesn't, just because they didn't include Apple's numbers, that doesn't mean the numbers are wrong. In fact, it probably means the numbers are correct for what they were able to track in their data and if they can't track apple for whatever reason as long as they're uh, up front and open about the fact that we don't have these numbers then that's what the data is that's available we for example in the in our pos tracking don't receive sales data from hp or dell from their direct sites we're open about that we we let people know that we don't receive that data part of what's there. Does that mean our data is not accurate? Absolutely not. It's accurate for what the information is that's available, given the methodology that we use. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll go with that. Okay. All right. As long as they tell you what the limitations of the data points are, we're fine. Let's look into the world of entertainment. Something like a cheap little appliance like a Google Chromecast, a media streamer, 
got no internal controls, it's got no remote, because it's so cheap, is that really going to pull a lot of sales? Well, you know, you do a survey, the first, and you ask people what they want, the first thing they ask is, you know, can I get it for less than than that? So price is almost always the first first cut when consumers think about something that they're going to buy. Uh, is it functional? Does it do what uh, it claims to do? Um, I think right now, at least the evidence is Chromecast does. And at $35, if that solves a need for what you're trying to do, then it's a pretty good value. Well, I think the big thing here is for $35, you say, you know what? I'll get one anyway. That's the kind of thing where you look at that and you say, you know what? I'll get one anyway. It doesn't matter. That's fine. What do I have to lose? Well, I mean, you would say that, but there's lots and lots of mainstream people who don't just buy things for the heck of it. So there's a little, for a lot of people just saying it's only $35 is not an option. Saying I need this product because it solves a need that I have, and I don't want to buy three or four different things at different price points to try to find a solution um, is different, right? Um, I think, but at $35, it's easier for people to make a decision to buy that product because it solves a need. If it doesn't solve somebody's need, most consumers aren't going to buy it. You know, the people, most of the people listening today and those of us in the industry might say it's only $35 and I'd love to see how well it works. Got a break here, then we'll finish this. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group joining us more on Google Chromecast and the TV industry as a whole in our next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. 
Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at renovationtea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, we talked a little bit about Chromecast, where... I guess you're saying is for someone like me or you, a power user, $35 is not a big deal. Maybe if you had like an end cap near the checkout counters at Walmart, hey, stream to your TV set. You don't need a new TV set. You think? Hmm, maybe that's a possibility. Well, the first thing you'd have to do for most people is explain what stream to your TV set meant. So, you know, again, I think all these products are still you know, on the upside of the bell curve. I don't think that um, independent streaming devices are not quite at the level of I bought a Blu-ray player and it connects to my wireless and I can get Netflix. Uh, we're talking about products that are designed to to move that paradigm a little bit further along. So, 
It's a great idea. I'm sure Walmart appreciates your merchandising uh, expertise, but I think it's pro- you're probably a little bit ahead of uh, where Walmart's customer base is, for sure. Well, the thing is, of course, the limitation of Google Chromecast is right now it streams, you know, like YouTube and stuff like that, and also streams Netflix. So for it to be really effective... You can't just limit yourself to Netflix. They're going to have to add more and more apps over time so there are more and more features. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it starts to become a much more competitive device. Let's go into one more thing here. We're starting to see cheap, really cheap 4K TVs. 4K TVs being Ultra HD, being much higher resolution, that kind of thing. So do we think that maybe now this technology is going to start taking off? Um, don't think those two things are related. Um, the TV markets may be a little bit different than when, you know, HD came in a few years ago, uh, where we've got a lot of the, um, ultra low cost guys from China that are trying to break in. Um, 4k is going to be most successful with the early adopters right now. The early adopters are not looking necessarily to save money. They're just looking to they're looking to get a great product and a great picture and you know be prepared as the content becomes available. People who are buying a very low cost 4K TV are probably just buying it because of the price and they could the the feature of 4K doesn't really mean anything to them. So um, don't really think it impacts the the introduction or the adoption of 4K on a mainstream basis in terms of what 4K is designed to do, which is upgrade the picture quality and bring bring great pictures even better than we can get today to the consumer. How big a TV set do you need for this to really show a difference, though? Bigger is better. <laughs> you know, the market is moving rapidly towards 50 and above inch televisions in general as being with the best value and kind of the best products. I think for the most part in the next year or two, you're going to see the best quality 4K come in on products that are over 50 inches. But you really need either to be fairly close on a 50-inch set or get something like a 60-inch set or a 70-inch set to really see that big difference. It's not like retina display and regular display. It takes a little bit of size in terms of the screen to really it does it to some extent i think in general unless you put two products side by side most people have a lot of trouble identifying how much better one product is than another from that from a resolution standpoint the thing the industry is going to need though is content and that will come eventually um i think right now though what we love most about 4K is that the marketing message and the sales message is very easy to explain and very focused on what both early adopters and, you know, even mainstream consumers want, which is a great picture on a big screen. Those are the things that time and time again, uh, after all the bells and whistles go away, those are the things that consumers focus on. And 4K is squarely focused on those two attributes. Okay, now speaking about what customers want. Now, we can see now you can buy a really good 50-inch TV for, what, seven, dollars $800, and for 900 or or 1000 they'll even throw in 3D for you. So we're talking about pretty decent TVs here. 
So the cost of TVs isn't that high. But are the people who buy these TVs, do they bother with the 3D? Do they bother with all those apps, the Netflix and the Hulu Plus and Amazon Instant Video? Is that stuff really being used? Well, uh, they're being used. Uh, certainly the video services are being used. They just not, aren't necessarily being used on with the apps that are native to the television. Most of that is coming through Xboxes or Roku or Blu-ray players or connected computers. So um, the, the big question for televisions right now is what is the value of having that uh, those native apps on the, the TV? There's really no standard, uh, different TV brands have different kinds of apps on them, and they're not all compatible, and it's a bit of a mess and a bit of a challenge, and I think, you know, going forward, again, the real question really falls to, um, not necessarily should my television have the ability to connect to the internet or connect to my home wireless network, I think we can probably all agree that every single uh, screen-based device in your home ought to have the capability to natively connect to your wireless network or natively connect onto the internet. The question is, does the customization and the things that the TV manufacturers put on there, the widgets, etc., do those really have any value or are they better off either leaving those off or, you know, partnering with Google or someone else and really trying to build some kind of an app store or, you know, an application environment that goes across all the different televisions. So right now, for example, we have like a Vizio TV has all their apps like I have Netflix. But now I also have Netflix on my Apple TV. But wait a minute, I also have Netflix on my Blu-ray player. So what do and I do? You also have it on your computer and your tablet. And right. by the way, you can can wide dye your from your computer to your television, Netflix. You can connect your AirPlay from your tablet to net your television. There's a million ways, and Netflix is pretty much everywhere. Right? You can use your phone to connect Netflix to your television. Right, but having this everywhere, you know. I mean, you turn on the Blu-ray player and you see the screen with all the features on it. And you have a button maybe or a dedicated button or two for some of the apps on your TV set. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Apple TV. When you bring up the main screen, you've got all the services you can connect to. Does that help the customer or confuse the customer? <laughs> There's no way I can get rid of Netflix no, but, you know, think about what, obviously, what Netflix is trying to do, right? Netflix wants to be ubiquitous, so you have access to it wherever you go. If you're going to take it to that level, you could also make the argument that, you know, every single one of my devices also can get on the, has a browser and I can get on the Internet. Why do I need it on every single device? I think the answer for Netflix and for services like that is we have to be everywhere because we don't know exactly how the consumer is going to make the decision about what device they're going to use to access our services. When you really think about this, the problem for all of us is that maybe we're hardware-centric. You want to try to think about it from Netflix's standpoint, which is, again, you know, why would they want any device that potentially could get Netflix on a screen in the home not to have Netflix on it? The key is here, wherever you go, you get Netflix. The life begins and ends with Netflix. I'm kidding. Stephen Baker, where do we find more of your stuff? 
at www.npd.com. That's cool. And you can find us on Twitter where we are known as Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Or go to our main website, technightowl.com. That is technightowl.com. We've got another radio show about things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. At Paracast.com, we talk about the mysterious things going on at Dulce, New Mexico on Paracast.com. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Stephen Baker, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.